0: so we have established that we live in a digital world and as loving pilgrims in a digital world we must engage in technology as thoughtful theological users so how do we begin that journey what's the first step in that process And I think first we have to understand why God has given us this gift of technology and see how God has called us to use it to serve Him. From there, from that theological understanding of technology, then we can look at how our culture interacts with it, how it affects our day-to-day life and well-being, and then we can look at some practical tips. To using technology in a way that capitalizes on our opportunities to serve God, and it safeguards us against cultural challenges. So that's the progression that we're going to take in the series, and in the session that we went over this past Sunday, it was titled The Theology of Technology, establishing that foundation of, of thoughtfulness, a rich foundation for us to uh, build on so that we can um, enter into this process uh, wisely. And so this session looks specifically at technology's place in God's universe, understanding its original design as it pertains to our calling as human beings made in the image of God. One of the things that I often do with our students is take a topic, a specific biblical event, or a specific biblical passage, and I frame it with the larger context of the biblical story. I think this helps us on a lot of fronts, specifically when it comes to some complex topics that we see in our culture, like, for example, technology. I think it encourages a worldview as opposed to just... Um, appointed view. What I mean by that is they don't simply have an opinion on one subject like technology, but instead they see how they should view the world as a Christian in accordance with the biblical story, and then we fit technology into that. So it's it's releasing them from thinking that Christians just have a list of opinions on all these things And it's pointing them more to this is how God has revealed that he's designed the world. He's designed you as a human being. And so let's see how technology fits into that. Or let's see how sexuality fits into that. Let's see how gender fits into that. You see, I think this this scheme helps um, encourage thoughtfulness and not simply give them a list of opinions to memorize so that is what we sought to do with technology so i took them back to the beginning I said you know in the beginning god created and ordered his universe to function and serve his his purposes god took this the chaotic waters in genesis 1 you see this picture of him bringing the world into uh, order and then at the pinnacle of that creation was Human beings, and He gave them this special, special privilege of being made in His own image. So God sought to extend His attributes to mankind. These attributes in- included, I'm sure, our essence as spiritual beings, our consciousness, our capacity for mortal, moral freedom, um, but. It also included our ability to create, to take chaos and disorder and bring it into function and order. So as people who are made in the image of God, we have this ability to create, to bring order and function out of disorder and chaos. And technology is the necessary overflow of our creative activity. And that creative activity is tied to who we are as God's image bearers in his world. Moreover, as image bearers of God, we were designed to represent God's rule and dominion over the earth. As you continue the Genesis story when uh, humanity is created, you, you see this thing called the creation mandate. In this, man is given the mandate or command to exercise God's rule and dominion over the earth. So in this sense God is delegating his kingship over the earth to humans. Genesis one twenty eight says God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we said we could summarize this mandate in short as cultural formation. As human beings, we have been commanded to form culture, and we do this two ways. We develop the social world, that's what it means to be fruitful and multiply, and secondly, we harness the potential of the natural world, which is um, comes from subduing the earth. So we fulfill our mandate as we invest in family, build churches, schools, cities, when we garden for food, design computers, or paint a canvas. All of these endeavors require technology. So technology is not a modern invention. That's something that I really wanted to hit with our students, was this is not, um, technology in and of itself is not a new thing. In fact, it's a necessary aspect of our life as human beings made in the image of God who create or form culture. So with this perspective, um, we have this helpful definition of technology. Technology is the creative activity of using tools to shape God's creation for practical purposes. So as we develop a theology of technology in light of the biblical story, we can have this assertion right up front that technology is a good gift from God that equips us to fulfill our basic function as human beings. Technology is a means by which we accomplish the creation mandate and form a culture that represents God's rule, God's reign under God's lordship. Nonetheless, although this is the design of technology that we see in Genesis, we also know about the fall. As we continue the biblical story in Genesis, we have to take Genesis 3 into account. in humans' desire to define right and wrong on their own terms, apart from their relationship to God, they disobey God and bring about the curse. And just as every good gift was brought into corruption through the fall, technology is also subject to that curse. So what was meant for good and for serving God's glory and extending God's lordship in this world was manipulated, corrupted by the perversion of man's sin. And we see this in the, in the Genesis narrative. We see technology being used um, towards the wrong purpose. This is what we see in the Tower of Babel. Scripture says in that account of the Tower of Babel, The people said, come, let us build uh, ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. So they're using technology to build and to um, invest in a city. And this is their purpose. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. So you see the distortion that happens. Technology is no longer used to... um, build God's fame, to extend his lordship. It's to increase our own fame, and also in the direct disobedience to the creation mandate. Instead of being fruitful and multiplying, they don't want to be dispersed. They want to huddle together. So we must realize that technology itself is not good or bad. It was good as it was designed in the um, opening pages of scripture, and Equipping us as image bearers of God to fulfill the creation mandate. But because of the fall, because of sin and the curse, we we can use that technology for good or for bad. So although technology is a good gift from God that equips human beings to fulfill our basic function as image bearers, the fall leads human beings to use technology against its original design. So I, I ended this this portion by giving them three clarifications in regards to technology from the biblical story that we need to hang on to throughout this series. And those are, one, technology is a good gift from God. Two, technology is subject to the curse. And number three, technology is morally neutral. So as we move forward, we have this understanding of of technology as God has revealed it to us. And we have to look at the culture. Given this theology of technology, we need to recognize that technology plays an integral part in cultural formation. The condition of our culture is formed and shaped in large part by the technologies that we use every day. So technology does not just change individuals. It changes the cultural climate. It would be naive to think that just our engagement with digital technology or social media, is only affecting us. Rather, it's shaping and is a part of how your culture, your family, is being formed. So as all of technology concerns creative activity of cultural formation, we must realize digital technology and social media has formed the culture in which we live. Now, it would be impossible to list and examine all the ways in which digital technology has shaped the culture, but there are some key cultural trends caused by digital technology, and they specifically pertain to our Christian life. These key cultural areas, that's what we're going to look at um, in this series. What are the key cultural areas that digital technology and social media have shaped how should we be aware of those things and how we, how can we combat those things? So these are the five areas. Each area will be a session in and of itself moving forward. But here are the five cultural tendencies generated by or heightened by digital technology and social media. Number one, distraction. In an unwavering commitment for us as human beings to forsake boredom, which is a very natural, not new thing, that we hate boredom. We have become addicted to distraction and this usually takes the form of mindless entertainment. We distract ourselves with mindless entertainment. Like I said, this isn't new but our access to this entertainment has become increased and heightened because of digital technology. So Our addiction to distraction has become worse. Number two, identity. Digital technology and social media has shaped the way we view ourselves, other people, and how other people view us. We have a mediated identity, which means people mostly view us through the lens of a screen or a filter or a representation we view other people by their representation online by their filter that they put on their photo on Instagram and what this has caused is a digital disincarnation where we identify more with how we appear online rather than how we appear in our flesh and blood so this gives us a false sense of false sense of control that we can control our identity And it also focuses on our digital caricature rather than on our true character. There's a lot of consequences to that, and we'll look at that in session four. Number three, information. We are constantly flooded with unlimited information, and we are given access to a lot of different ideas. Consequence to this is information has become kind of a new sort of Idle, where it's lost its functionality and it's given to us as a source of or a promise of hope for a better future and personal happiness and, and advancement. The more information that we have, the better off we will be. And this has caused us to lose our ability to discern the truth from fiction. And this is probably one of the biggest things. We have lost our ability to think through questions. Instead, we just simply locate answers. Because the answer is always at our fingertips with Siri or Google, we have lost our ability to think through questions and we just find the quick answer. It has a lot of ramifications as it pertains to the gospel. Number four, sexuality. Sex has become easy everywhere. Every part of our life has an opportunity, a temptation to lust. It's constantly at our fingertips in our smartphones. And because of this, there's increased addiction to pornography, and at large, just a very bad, wrong view of sex, where it's seen as simply a means of personal gratification. Number five, community. Digital technology and social media has shaped our community ...in such a way that can be very, very damaging. And it's a little more subtle. But because of digital technology and the way community, air quotes, works on the social media world... ...we've become accustomed to simply gathering as networked individuals. This has weakened our view of true community and encouraged us to leave a community when it becomes difficult or opposed... The personal, immediate interests. If we want to be a strong church community, and I believe that's one of the main ways we uh, provide a testimony to the world of who Jesus is, if we want to be a strong church community, we have to address how digital technology and social media is shaping the way we view community and the way we engage in it. So those are the five cultural trends we'll look at, specifically in this series, and then we'll close out the series with talking about what we can do to form a culture of God's lordship using technology. But in each of those sessions, we'll have practical things for our students to do to combat the cultural trends. We're going to do that in two ways, two categories or classifications of practical application. There are nudges and disciplines. I um, I got this from Andy Crouch. Wrote a great book, The Tech Wise Family. If you were going to read one book on technology, that's probably the one I would give you. Um, specifically, as it pertains to uh, equipping your family to be wise and virtuous in the world of uh, the digital age. But nudges and disciplines. Nudges are small changes in the environment that make it easier for us to make the choices that we want to make. So nudges make certain choices easier or more likely. If someone were attempting to eat healthier, an example of a nudge would be throwing out all the junk food in the house. It doesn't make you uh, um, eat healthier, but it does make it easier to eat healthier. So it's about taking you from I want to want to I want. The other classification of practical application is discipline. Now disciplines are the inward resolve to make the right decision no matter how difficult it is. So while nudges are more external, outward assistance, disciplines are more of an internal um, resolve to make the right decision no matter how difficult it is. It's wanting us to develop the strength to make good choices even when everything around us is pulling us to make the wrong decision. So in order to live as loving pilgrims in God's world, fulfilling our mandate as God's image bearers to create a culture that represents his lordship, we are going to have to utilize nudges and disciplines to combat cultural trends that have been heightened by digital technology and social media. This requires a level of intentionality, a resolve, a choice to do what is difficult in pursuing who God has designed for us to be and do what God has called us to do. Thanks again for listening to this installment in the Technology and Social Media series. I encourage you to, to subscribe to the LNBC Students podcast channel. We update that every week with sermons or teachings And also you can find the written material for this series on our church website and also in the weekly newsletter. I include the written material as an attachment in that.